Hello and welcome to Thank You Come Again. This is an e-commerce podcast sponsored by Wonderment, where we dive into the actual strategies that leading D2C brands are using to not only make their customers come back and buy again, but have the best possible customer experiences. I'm Blake and Burl. I started my career as a retention marketer, and now I'm focused on being a shepherd of knowledge for you and others on all things retention marketing. You won't find any top 10 guru guides here. Instead, I want you to walk away from each episode with battle-tested and actionable insights that's going to help you to move a needle forward and driving repeat business. So make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. All right. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this week's episode of Thank You, Come Again. I'm so excited for this discussion today. I've got the pleasure of being joined by Ari Murray, the VP of Growth over at Sharma Brands. Ari, thanks for the show today. How are you? Good. Thank you for having me. Very fun. Pleasure. Of course. Well, thanks for taking the time. Super appreciate it. I know we've got an awesome topic lined up today. And this is all about really creating the most epic seasonal product drop strategy and more specifically, one that's going to get folks to come back and buy again and again with your brand. Um, Ari, I've been following your content for a while now, so it feels like I'm meeting a celebrity in the flesh, which is awesome. Your go-to millions newsletter. I don't know who. It's not me. (laughs) I'm like a little shrimp, but thank you. Well, I mean, I got to say your go-to millions newsletter is an awesome, awesome content read. If you're not subscribed to it, folks, do yourself a favor. Get on it now. We'll post the information in the description below. It's definitely one of the highlights of my weekly D2C kind of reading, but before we dive into the discussion, Ari, I'd love to let the audience kind of learn a little bit more about your background, what you're up to. So who is Ari Murray? Thank you. I'm an Aries. I'm kidding. I am an Aries, <laughs> but um, I'm VP of growth at Charma Brands. We're a D2C consultancy launch house, if you will. And then I started Go to Millions, which is my like love letter to e-com and go-to-market strategy. And then I'm an accidental e-commerce person. So I wanted to be a lawyer, went to law school for one whole semester until I realized that it was terrible. And then I like fell into e-com because I needed a job and there was like a e-commerce customer service role at Snack Nation, which is like a old school e-com startup. And I was like, oh, customer service, like I could talk to people. And then they like made me run their Shopify and I didn't even know what e-com was, but it like taught me so much. And I've just been on the ride ever since. So it worked out. But that's, yeah, I am an Aries, March 30th. So if anyone wants to talk about that. <laughs> I'm a Sagittarius. I'm not too, too into that stuff. But I, uh, I'm sure that there's some kind of reading that someone would have on me. But that's also really interesting you say that. You kind of accidentally fell into e-com. I myself too did. I um, was fresh out of college and I needed a job and didn't really know what I was getting myself into. I think I showed up thinking it was like a, like a, like a nonprofit company and they ended up being like e com email marketing. And I was like, yeah, I can do that. Like no problem. And I had no clue how to be an email marketer, you know, just no. totally vibe myself into the job. But I feel like everyone's got a similar kind of story. It's like fake until you make it any com yeah. for sure. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> well, um, you know, we're going to be talking about this seasonal drop strategy today that you've uh, awesomely outlined in your newsletter. And I think, um, you know, seasonal drops can be a really great way to get customers to come back and buy again. If you're unfamiliar and you're listening, what a seasonal drop strategy is, like think of Starbucks famed pumpkin spice lattes, McDonald's and the Shamrock Shake, or a relevant D2C example like Ouroboros with their limited time flavor drops. Um, the key to all of these is, well, they're seasonal and they're only available for a limited time. But, you know, simply dropping a seasonal drop and hoping customers come and buy it is definitely not going to move the needle. And there's a lot more that goes into making it, I think, a successful campaign. So 
All right, let's start from the beginning and just talk about timing, which I think is arguably probably the most important piece of this, you know, getting it right from a demand and inventory standpoint. How do you time a seasonal draft strategy? Is it better to start late, early? Like, how do you how do you think about that? This is like a hard passion of mine. I think if you don't go out like almost cringy early, you've missed it because if something's seasonal, it means it's like applicable to that time of year. And so other brands will do something similar flavor-wise, palette-wise. And like, if you like pumpkin, you still only want so much pumpkin before you're ready to like pack it up and hit peppermint. And so for me, I follow like what Costco does. So Costco or Starbucks, for example, like for Starbucks, they'll drop pumpkin in um, like last day of August. That's perfect. Like pumpkin is not for October by October. It's like, oh, it's another pumpkin moment. But like August 31st, like people really like lose their shit when pumpkin comes. And that's what you want. You want to be in that first wave, especially if you're dropping something that's super similar to your competitors or not even like directly your competitors. But if there's one thing that's seasonal, then it's cross category competitive, which is like even scarier. So you just have to get early. And then by October, I hope I've already like hit the goal of that skew. And then we just ride the wave until we hit peppermint. I love it. I think that that I definitely you know, agree 100% with that. I think everyone, you know, like I'm in Costco and I'm just like, yeah, it's already, you know, September and I'm seeing Christmas stuff or yeah, like, you know, seeing pumpkin spice so, so early. I think it makes a lot of sense though. Like if, if you don't beat the competitor to it, like someone else is going to take that, you know, that hard earned money from that consumer. Um, but totally agree. And, and timing, you know, decided now we start early. Um, let's talk about the strategy. Uh, some folks listening here probably have never done a seasonal drop strategy before. So if we're thinking about how do we find the right product to even drop in the first place? Like, do you have any recommendations or tips on how we would even go about finding the right product to drop for a seasonal drop? I think let's say we're a coffee brand and we sell like a K-cup version, a whole bean, a grind, whatever. I'm not great at coffee, but like let's assume there's three different types. And let's say like over the past year, we've seen that our K-cups um, do really well, but they're normally in a really limited mix because they're new to us. Like we started with the traditional like whole bean and ground. Then I would think, okay, product development, we know it'll take us six months to make a new flavor of an existing like product. So we're making a variant of an existing skew that already does well. We're not just like a coffee company that's making a pumpkin candle because our customers might not have an appetite for that, but they have an appetite for coffee. So, okay, we know our product line will be the K-Cups because it'll be like a really popular skew, but a limited line. So it will be great to test like going deeper on flavor. So then we pick pumpkin, but maybe it's like vanilla pumpkin or something else we know works really well just to stand out. Or maybe it's decaf pumpkin and normal pumpkin, all calf. What Again, coffee's not the thing. And then whatever it is, we like commit really hard to it. And so I don't think like as a brand you need seven varieties of whatever you're doing seasonally. I think like one is great. Two, if you're like really big or if you know there's already demand from past, but I think you should start like really narrow with something you know that they already want. And then you just put like the seasonal spin on it versus just like selling blankets as a beauty brand for no reason. Totally, yeah, there's gotta be some kind of, uh, you know, thought process behind it, you know, being narrow. Yeah. Not just, uh, you know, dropping something totally out of the blue, but it has to have some kind of common thread, I, I think for sure. Um, 
let's uh let's play a little bit of like hypothetical then so let's say um i am a sparkling water brand i drink way too much sparkling water um and so let's say i'm dropping a special peppermint sparkling water which i have no idea if it tastes good or not it sounds like that's nice refreshing minty maybe, maybe like Gr once a, gross once a i don't know yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, let, let's pretend it's like the best everyone loves it um we're dropping it uh to celebrate winter coming um, and let's also say, you know, this skew has, you know, been dropped for several years. It's become a cult classic. Maybe everyone loves peppermint sparkling water. Um, walk me through like what the strategy would look like for a winter seasonal drop then. So if it's like a skew we're bringing back, is that what this is? Yes, correct. Cool. So if we're bringing it back, then maybe even like October 15th, which would be like two weeks ahead of when we would drop it, like end of October. We email and tell like our existing list of people who have purchased it at least once. Like maybe we like gray it out or do something to like let them know like something's coming back or winter is coming. Something to like let them know that like you think you know what's coming, but we haven't said it. Get them excited. Then I would tell the rest of my customers like maybe just two or three days before. So everyone else on my list who hasn't ever bought this skew like set an alarm, like cult favorite. I would use proof of what happened last year. So I would say like 100,000 cases sold or 4.9 stars from 15,000 like hungry or thirsty customers or whatever it might be. And I would just like really hype it. The day before I would say what it is. And then I would text a link like to a landing page that has it bundled as we actually drop it. And I would drop it first to the people like on my list for a text who bought it last year. I give it them like an hour in advance to be like, you guys flipped for this last year to reward you and to like bring back your favorite, say hello to peppermint water, um, like drink up. And then I'd be like letting them know that we gave it to them first because we're grateful. And then I give it to everyone else. Then I'd wait three hours, then post it on social. Then I would like hit the gas on my ads, I would convert my homepage, but I would like slowly phase it in with respect to who has paid for it before. And then I would like pretty quickly take it away. Love it. There's so much even to unpack in that too. So we've got, you know, a little bit of getting a head start, the star treatment with our, you know, past customers using email, SMS as sort of that instantaneous communication. Um, and then, you know, ultimately just creating a lot of hype, it sounds like and kind of anticipation for this drop. Um, you know, I, I think about that too, like, um, I, would you even maybe recommend within that too, like for folks who are just buying normal stuff on site, like having some sort of like inline cart upsell, like anything that might happen there that might introduce the product as well? Totally. I think it's perfect for your side cart. I think it's perfect even as your post-purchase upsell. And then I think it's perfect on your like tracking page upsell. I think there's like a lot of different places to put it, but you want to make sure that it feels like very like quick, urgent, get your hands on it. Or like maybe you put it in a cart and you say like a thousand cases left or something to like make it really clear that this isn't going to be in the cart in a week. So if you do like, have an inkling for it or maybe you put it in a small format, like let's say it's sold in cases of 12 or 24 in the cart, you put 12 because you assume they haven't purchased it before and you can like totally control for it so if it's not in their cart already you show them 12 and if it's in their cart already you show them a way to like bundle it with a 24 pack for ten dollars off so you just can control for like who's there but 100 percent like put it everywhere because it's like your money maker for today 
hundred percent. Yeah. I think that's a great way to think about it and maximizing just, you know, having that uh, as a seasonal dropping, creating that scarcity around it. Um, how do you think about even too then? So, you know, like, let's say we produce a lot of inventory that we were super bullish that we were just going to sell, you know, 10,000 cases in two months. Um, let's say we're like, you know, so we're around like November 15th ish, maybe we're starting to sell, but we're thinking about like, how can we get more mileage out of this? Um, is there any tactics that you might recommend to offload like more product to people who might have purchased it once, like get them to buy again while it's still in season? I think I would send an email, be like, like we are dwindling stock, like order like to stock up for the season right now, or like, you know, like see you next year. I'd send that like 24 hours ahead, hopefully get them to panic and buy more, even if they just bought like two weeks ago, then I would fully take it offline. Like I would put up like an Instagram post, like, wow, you guys like blew us out of the water. We're shocked, even if they didn't. And then I would wait. And then I would say like by popular demand, like a week later, like we produce extra stock, like thank you to our hardworking team, like really like sell it that you guys like panic and did this to help and then bring it back and send it to every single person. Even the people you like panic, just got them to buy more and be like, by popular demand like you guys like flipped your shit for this so one last run and then um th then before you take it offline again do the one day like okay guys like we're dwindling this is really it and then take it offline and don't bring it back until black friday in case you need to that's perfect yeah i think like throughout this creating a lot of scarcity around you know like this is gonna you're gonna leave um uh, but then to getting them super excited that you know they have exclusive access to this product um i'm even thinking about too like do you do you recommend at all like discounting seasonal drops do you recommend going in full price like is there any sort of like you know thought process behind like you know, you don't need to discount seasonal drops because of the kind of scarcity of it. Yeah, I like discounting from the beginning in a bundle format. So it's like, if you buy 24, it'll cost less per bottle than if you buy um, like just five or 12 or whatever the format. I like that the whole time. And I think that when you push it to customers, you should show them a bigger format so that they think that's the case. So like I'd make a landing page for that original text and have it be like the 24 pack version. And I would just make it like the format of the day so there's less choice. But I think that as you are playing this urgency game, it looks like sort of contradictory if you are like 50% off, it's selling out. Like why would anybody do that? And I think you can always get rid of stock later and it's water in this hypothetic case. So it's not gonna expire. And there's always gonna be someone who like will buy it on Black Friday. And that's the time to discount when it's not like kind of pathetic or like it's just like doesn't like show, show your cards. And so you, there's always a way to like give it away or even in like the post purchase upsell that could be like $10 off or whatever. But nothing that's like the first touch of the order because I think that is just not going to help our case. Totally. Yeah, it definitely can, I think, cheapen kind of the, the the drop as well. But I think having that kind of intelligent, like, let's, you know, focus on the upsell, um, you know, post purchase or um, getting AOV bumps, things like that, that can definitely help um, with that. Super, super great. Um, I'm even thinking about too. So like, let's, let's say, you know, we roll around like the end of like the year and we still have some products left. Like, let's say it will spoil um, eventually. So we need to offload this. And we've already said like, hey, like it's going away. Um, is there any, you know, kind of like way that you might recommend, like trying to get rid of that last inventory that maybe doesn't look totally kind of cheap or desperate, but can help yeah. to off offload some of that? 
I think it's a good gift with purchase moment for like orders over a hundred. It can be like a 12 pack, a 12 pack case on us, or it can be bundled with other SKUs like as a bestseller intro offer where it's like two peppermint, two of the others, and you just like make a new SKU around it. Or when like it kind of like comes to shove and you really need to offload it, you could always do like a flash sale in December though, like whenever it actually is going, but it's not like if let's pretend it's peppermint and we release it in October, it's not the new hot like baddie on the block. So it's okay at that point because we need to, and it doesn't show that it wasn't popular. It shows we like reacted and then we are just like giving them a quick moment to stock up for the rest of the year before we take it away. And like, they don't need to know the reason. It could just be like, we could pretend it's like, the founder's birthday or like whatever you can be like birthday sale or whatever you don't need to like say like we're going long or you can just kind of make your own occasion like peppermint day is december 16th or make a day for it and then you you just do what you have to do but it's not like bad or good because at that point we're not like waiting on the scarcity of it totally I think, yeah, it's, it's being a little more creative, I think, around that, too. And there's a lot of ways to kind of get some extra life, but not, you know, kind of just feeling a little bit kind of off brand or kind of even corny with it, too, I think, which can definitely run the, run the risk of it, I think, with some of this, too. Um, I'm thinking about, like, as, as I kind of think about this, too, like some ways that, um, you know, do, are you running any sort of like paid stuff while, while this is going on specific to that seasonal drop? Like what, what, what if, if anything on the paid side? We talked about email and SMS, but I'm just curious about that side of the house as well. I would run paid against it from like the day before we dropped it originally. And I would, I think a peppermint or a seasonal skew is a great way to bring someone new into the fold because they may have seen your brand before, but they may not have just like found a perfect variant for them. So like I am a peppermint lover and I might've heard of Chamberlain coffee, but maybe I haven't heard of this new flavor, but then like combining something I've heard of before, but never bought with something that I would buy from another brand might be what it takes to like push me over the edge. So I would a thousand percent use it as a paid offer. I just wouldn't use it in a big format. So like, let's say it comes in six, 12 or 24 on paid, I do six. And I would be conservative knowing that we're bringing them into the brand, like for new cold traffic. And we're lucky that they're trying it. And even if it's seasonal, we don't need to now overemphasize that this skew is going away. Instead, we emphasize that like this skew is just like a great taste of what we do. And I would make totally like exciting ads around it. I would drive them to a specific landing page. I would in the slide card of the landing page, put like one of our core true, maybe mix packs or something to show them more of our brand because knowing that peppermint isn't going to be here all year. And so I'd like for them to try something else if they're keen. If not, I don't care because I just acquired them for the first time and there's plenty of time to sell them more. But I think that I will run paid ads against anything. So I think it's like it never hurts to just show new people what you do. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, there's so much benefit of that, too. It's like, you know, getting them a great entry point to the brand. I mean, you know you might find that the seasonal drop is actually a great point for, you know, just starting that acquisition. And then they, you know, get deeper into the brand ecosystem as a result, even if they only buy yeah, six of them, but you know, they become a paying customer for, you know, several more orders. That's a huge win for sure. Um, okay. So a lot, a lot has been covered in this, even just kind of like talking about, you know, considering timing, starting early, you know, having that star treatment with your, you know, past customers, if you've done this before, 
um, email and SMS being great tools, but also thinking about the paid side, the upsell paths, all of this stuff has been super fantastic. But I'm curious, like, what um, what are some of the tools that are kind of powering some of this for you with the brands that you're working with? Like, are there any like go to go to kind of like tech stack uh, tools that are doing a lot of this? If it's the upsells, if it's the communications, like, what are you kind of using for stuff like this? So I think for this, I need Clavio. I need I use Postscript. Rebuy as our cart. I would use um, Onbounce as my landing page, Wonderment as my tracking. And then I would, um, I don't think we need anything like that's sort of like out of the typical tech stack aside from those which are hopefully in everyone's tech stack already. And then I need TikTok ads. I need meta ads i want google ads i want all of the ads on it but it's nothing too crazy and those are all like core to my stack every year which is like you don't need to like be like installing new tech to run something like this you should be able to like pull these tricks whenever you want in tech you're really comfortable with because you're already like doing something that's like outside of your traditional line item of the year so like you just need to be able to like trust what you're building and just build it build it the same way you build other successful things, just like customize it to this view. hundred percent. I think that's a, first, that's a great tech stack, uh, you know, without the bias of Wonder it being in that, I think it's a great tech stack for sure. And a lot of great technology being um, used there, but I think you're right too. It's like, you know, not reinventing the wheel. I think it's having a great strategy in place and having the tech that enables it, but you know, like you really just focusing on what's core to the business. Um, something that I thought of, you know, as you were saying this too, is like, using your order tracking page, you know, if someone isn't buying the seasonal drop, even just like promote the seasonal drop there as a, you know, a potential uh, cross selling product or introducing it or whatever too. like, that's great real estate to take advantage of, whether it's yeah. the SMS and emails or the tracking page too, but um, yeah. And overall. then on the tracking page where they're buying the pumpkin skew, I would totally want to show them like my core line because I would assume that there's a lot of new customers that came in that would love a sample pack or, more to show them, like to sort of let them know that peppermint is on its or pumpkin, whatever we're pretending, and then just let them know that uh, there's like good old faithful sweet drink through the year. It's a great call out, yeah. Especially that like we were talking about, you know, like the paid acquisition. If someone just buys like that, you know, six kind of like sampler pack, right? Learning more about the brand and all these awesome things that you offer. Um, I could ask tons more questions about this, but but kind of like moving forward a little bit, like. Are seasonal drops for every brand or do you think there's like some truth and that maybe it works better for like replenishable CPG? Like is, is, can, can it work for every brand? I think in a way, like a limited drop, maybe it's not tied to a season, but I think that if you have a core base that likes a product, you should always try to show them like innovation because they buy a lot of things throughout the year. So even if what you buy isn't replenishable, let's say I had a blanket brand, why can't I introduce like a burnt orange blanket? And maybe I don't even call it like autumn. Maybe it's just like a skew that I don't even say is tied to the season. I just say like limited quantity. And why can't next month I drop like a fuchsia one or whatever I want. But I think that you should wear, it's not like going to break your PL. I think you should always try to show your customers more because someone else will show them something new otherwise because people are always buying like new things and having new sort of dreams on their wish list at least i am and so if you don't show me something new then i'll like get tiktok to teach me that i have to buy these shoes with the same money 
That's a great call. I think, you know, um, consumerism always fighting for people's attention and, you know, a failure to innovate, introduce something um, can definitely be a missed opportunity. And if it makes sense, like we talked about, you know, earlier, like the creativity aspect of it too, and just making sure it's, it's narrow, it's focused, but, you know, finding that niche. I mean, yeah, like if you're a blanket company, you can totally do that. Or, um, you know, if you're a shoe company, just being kind of more intentional about it. There's so many different things. I think that on the surface, like a lot of folks might get caught up and it has to be like the, the pumpkin spice lattes of the world or right. whatever it is, you know. Right. You could introduce like, a, you know, you can monogram it for the month of November and then that'll never come back until you bring it back when you decide. You can introduce like a lot of variations on the same trick and it feels really fresh to someone who didn't get that option before. A hundred percent. And I think the, the really cool thing is about seasonal drops is like, if they're a total, you know, like just uh, it's, it's a great, you know, sell and it sells out, you can always bring it back the next year. But if it doesn't, you know, like you had a limited quantity, like there's a little bit less risk um, and that too. So you can always test and innovate and see what resonates or doesn't. Um, we've talked a lot about strategy and stuff. Are there any like favorite examples that come to mind or brands that you think are just like crushing the seasonal drop strategy? Yeah, so this isn't seasonal, but my favorite brand that I fall for way too much is actually Hailey Bieber's Road Beauty, I think, or Road Skin. I think that just like the immediate urgency and plan that it sells out and then it always comes back on Wednesdays at 8 a.m. And I always wait and I always try to buy it and then you try to buy it and then it limits your cart to one of each variant. And I only like one variant. And so then of course I don't qualify for shipping. So then I pay shipping and then I have to come buy it again. And I think that that is a good example, even if it's not seasonal, because you've like really controlled how I feel about it, which is that I can't get my hands on it. Even when I know for a fucking fact, it's been like in a pallet sitting there the whole time. And they just like coded this restriction of buy one. And I know that, but I still am like setting my alarm. And sometimes I get it, sometimes I miss it. And I think that's the way to be where you just like really commit to one sort of like drop overall strategy versus I think there's other brands that like go out and they don't assume that they're gonna have any trouble moving through their inventory. And then you see them sort of like get a little like scared. And then they're like, oh my God, you sold us out. But it's been like 25 days and like it has like two reviews on the product. <laughs> and like, I haven't heard anyone say anything about it. That doesn't like hit the same way as like an immediate like, wow, like we can't get our hands on it. That I think is the move. But for the seasonal approach, I think there's a lot of brands that do it well. I think that I'm trying to think of what I bought this. Oh, Liquid Death. I bought the Martha Stewart candle. I'm really proud of it. I won't light it because I'm scared. Like it'll <laughs> just like really get gross. But like that's genius. And it's sold on Martha's website. I had to pay like $15 for shipping because I didn't hit the minimum threshold, but I really wanted it because I really like them. And I think that it doesn't always have to be the most convenient way of selling a product if someone really wants it and it's really unique. And if it's clearly like very much a one of one, like I don't see them doing the candle next year. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's the way to treat seasonal is sometimes it doesn't make sense to like pull the same trick year after year. So that almost makes it better because like, that's such a like, wow, they partnered with Martha Stewart and then you uh, like are going to buy it because you know, it's not going to be their trick next year. So that works too. I love all of that. Yeah. The Haley Bieber example too is, is really great. I think like, like 
seasonal drops kind of go against like conventional kind of like consumer savvyism. I, I don't even know if that's a word, but like, uh, you know, saving, you know, money, like you're, you're willing to spend more because it's seasonal, because it's scarce. You don't know if it's going to come back. Um, and it really kind of like en enables like some of this like psychological sort of aspect of shopping too, which is super, I think, fascinating to think about is like, um, you know, you can really tap into that if you have a dedicated or like a loyal audience that's already shopping with you. Totally. 100%. All right. Well, before I let you get out of here, this has been an awesome, awesome overview. But I, I got to ask you, what is in your cart this Black Friday, Cyber Monday? Are you eyeing anything from D to C brands or from Amazon? Like what, what's uh, what's I have a list. So these are the brands that are on my wish list that I'll never actually get to buy. But I want them really bad. So if I ever like make it big, I want a Max Mara coat. I have a link to it. I want a sweater from Elder Statesman. I want an Ami sweater. It's like an A. So it's like a men's brand, but it has an A on it. And then I really like on the Black Friday, Cyber Monday side, I have a list of brands that I'm checking. And I want to see if Morphe does a sale because they have a, like, a set of brushes that I really want. I just got obliterated by the Sephora sale, which came like started last Friday. I, I'm humiliated. I, I've made five separate orders. And like they started off team and then I just got like, oh, I should fuck up. Oh, I should try something new. And my whole TikTok algorithm is just like people Sephora carts. So, oh, oh and I really want um, for Black Friday, I really want like Stony, Clo Stony Clover makeup pieces. So it's like a high like wish list that'll never happen. And then like Black Friday that I'm going to shop. So totally. this is my favorite question. That's great. No, I mean, I, I think it's always awesome to be prepared. I am not prepared. I typically like find out like the day before what I'm going to buy and it's the most overwhelming experience. So I think you've got a much better approach being prepared and, and knowing what you want. Forever fiending for new stuff. It's very <laughs> sad. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the beauty of, I think, D2C of online shopping is you know, we have the ability to do that, uh, which is super cool. But um, all right, this has been amazing. Where can listeners go to get in touch with you? Um, you could read my newsletter, Go to Millions. You could uh, find me on Twitter, which I don't really love, but prefer we just hang out um, on newsletter replies, or we could play on LinkedIn where I'm better. LinkedIn's less scary for some reason to me. Or you could text me. There's so many options. I'm always around. I'm like chronically on my phone. So hope to hang out. I'm right there with you. And uh, where do you where do you stand on the whole LinkedIn Twitter thing? I know like right now everyone's like, do we make the jump to LinkedIn? I've been bullish on LinkedIn since I like started in, in e-com, but uh, yeah. curious where, where you think things are going. LinkedIn like is the best thing that's ever happened to us just because my husband like runs his business through LinkedIn. And then I've always just like had a lot of fun posting there. I am new to Twitter, as everyone can tell by my like posts or tweets, either tweets. Um, I fully don't like it. And I just find it to be a lot of pressure where LinkedIn, it's like, I kind of know what works more. So I don't know what's better, but I know which one I try harder on and that's LinkedIn. I'm right there with you. I think LinkedIn has definitely, you know, accelerated, I think a lot of the relationships that I've built in this space, but um, Twitter, I'm slowly, slowly learning. I feel like I'm a boomer on Twitter. I'm like, you know, I'm not Me really too. sure what to say. I'm following people, but I, I super admire everyone on there. So I, I'm trying, yeah. trying to get a little bit more involved. In I it. will say I much prefer my news feed, or if it's called that on Twitter. Like I like, I think it's the most interesting, interesting thing to scroll. I just don't want to have to participate where on LinkedIn, I just like post and then leave and then do it again. <laughs> <laughs> 
right there with you 100 percent um all right well i super appreciate you joining today this has been an absolute like master class i think in seasonal drop strategies i learned a lot i'm hope hoping that our listeners did as well um and thank you just for sharing all this awesome knowledge with us you're definitely welcome back on the show anytime thank you for having me it was super fun all right, friends. Well, there you have it. That was an amazing, amazing episode with Ari. I hope you learned as much as I did. Just going through my notes here, one of the kind of highlights, some of my top takeaways from this discussion, really starting with timing and how important that is to the entire seasonal drop strategy. And the key to it is starting early. You know, if you aren't the first mover, another brand is going to be there. Uh, I mentioned some great examples with Costco and Starbucks and how they kind of take advantage of that early mover uh, mentality to get people buying before they buy from a competitor. Um, if you're deciding what to drop, you know, already mentioned a few things, keeping it narrow, keep it focused, only drop one, maybe two SKUs at most. And if you don't know at all, maybe even just like poll your customers and find out what they want from you. There's some really great ways to think about what to drop. Um, for the strategy itself, I won't get too, too in the weeds, you know, Ari, I think summed it up best, but a few themes kind of sum it up and that's urgency, scarcity, the fear of missing out and really doing this in a few ways, you know, honoring your past customers or VIP customers and giving them early access using tools like email and SMS and social to really highlight um, the urgency to get them in the door. Um, also funneling in the paid ads using a landing page to really get them to a focused place on the website. And then also really keeping it fresh throughout the entire promo. So if it's opening and closing the sale, maybe you bring it back, maybe you're closing and you really wanna highlight that they only have a few more hours to shop. All great ways to continue to build hype and anticipation. To maximize AOV, Ari talked about a lot of great strategies, but you know, highlighting the largest quantity or bundling it and then only discounting that bundle can be a great way to get folks to purchase something of a higher AOV. Um, using an inline cart to have those intelligent upsell paths, post-purchase, you know, offering a discount if they buy another one with like a buyback offer. Um, also like using your order tracking page. So if you use a tool like Wonderment, you know, being able to use your order tracking page to make upsells or cross-sell them on other products that they might have not purchased and that seasonal drop can all be great ways to think about that. On the paid ad side, Ari mentioned a couple of really great things to think about. You know, you can view paid ads as a way to introduce the product and maybe sell a smaller quantity, but view this more as a way to get them in your brand ecosystem. Um, so a great way to just be able to say, hey, like, you know, we have a seasonal drop, but we also have all those other offerings too. It'd be a really great way to start that acquisition path. Um, and then also really on the tech stack side, keeping it simple. Um, you know, you're probably already using all these tools in your tech stack already. Um, so an ESP, an SMS tool, a landing page tool, an upsell tool, and then an order tracking page tool, really all you need to kind of make this happen. And then also seasonal drops can be for brands of all shapes and sizes. So, you know, I know CPG and replenishables kind of seem to be what we hear of a lot in the seasonal drop space. But, you know, even already mentioned a few examples like the blankets and being able to just offer different colors or, you know, monograms or things like that. Just keep it fresh, keep it fun and show your customers that you're innovating. You know, if, if you don't capture their attention during the time uh, of this holiday like season when they're shopping, you really might miss out on some potential sales there. So really great opportunities. Um, some brands that already mentioned that we're doing it really well. Road Skin, Haley Beaver's brand, uh, using extreme scarcity, only letting them purchase like one item in a cart at a given time. 
um, which kept customers hooked and coming back, you know, week over week to buy more products. I thought that was really clever. I know it might not apply to every brand, but that was a really great way, I think, to just show how scarcity can drive a seasonal drop. Um, and then Liquid Death with the Martha Stewart candle, you know, this was something that they knew where they were never going to produce again. But Ari even mentioned like, hey, I paid 15 bucks for shipping because I knew I wasn't going to be able to buy this next year. So super clever, really great way just to show that seasonal drops can kind of go against conventional wisdom of how buyers kind of typically shop. So there you have it, folks. That is my top takeaways from today's episode. I hope you give seasonal drops a try if you haven't already or if you are that you implement some of these tips into your next drop. Um, I really think it's a great way to get your customers coming back and buying again and again. That's all for today. We'll see you next week. Thank you and come again.